0: Well, I got a question for you as, uh, as I start the message this morning. The question is this, does God speak to people today? Think about that for a minute. Do you believe that God speaks to Christians, that we as Christians ought to expect to hear from God, and, and not just once or twice in our lives, but, but as a part of our daily walk with him? Well, this morning, we are going to study a story, like I said before, from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, and again, if you're following along in your Bible, Acts 8, verse 26, and and we are going to learn about these guys. Now, if you're on the podcast, I've got a picture on the screen. Uh, It's it's a guy on the left, his name is Philip, and a guy on the right who's wearing a crown, he's an Ethiopian, and by the way, this is an actual photo from the first century. Um, No, it's not, really. But... uh, but, uh, but I want to tell you first about that guy on the left, this guy named Philip, uh, because sometimes people get him confused. Uh, and see, in the Bible, we're told that there were these 12 disciples that hung around with Jesus. He chose them to be his disciples. They were with him those three years of his ministry. And Philip was one of those guys, but that's not this guy, okay? Uh, this is a different Philip. After Jesus had ascended into heaven, in the early church family, they had a problem, and that is the widows weren't being well cared for, we're told, and so the disciples decided they needed help with that process, and so they appointed seven guys um, and uh, and laid hands on them and and designated them as, they called them deacons, and those seven guys uh, were tasked with helping take care of the widows that were among them in their church family there, and that's who this guy is. Philip was one of those seven people that were commissioned by the disciples for that task. Um, But we're told very quickly that um, even after he'd been doing that for a while, God had something else for him to do. And in Acts 8.26, we read this. It says, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get ready and go south to the road that leads down to Gaza from Jerusalem, the desert road. So Philip got ready and went. Now, a couple things about this. First of all, we don't know exactly what that looked like for Philip to get that message from this angel. We know that sometimes in the Bible, angels just appeared to people. And, uh, and so maybe, you know, Philip walked in his house one day, looked up, boom, there's an angel, you know, glowing, big wings, everything like that, going, hey, dude, God's got something for you to do. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. Uh, maybe the angel appeared to him in a dream. That happens in a number of other places in the Bible where it says an angel appears to someone in a dream also by the way the word that we translate as angel there simply means messenger so so maybe it wasn't an angel at all but just another messenger from God so maybe one of the church leaders came and knocked on Philip's door and said Philip you know I I think God's got a, a mission for you to do and here's what you need to do but whatever it was I think it's kind of remarkable that Philip just kind of instantly leaves this work that he had been called to do this important work and says okay uh, that's important, but if God's got something else for me to do, I'm going to do it. And it's really amazing to think about when you look at what it is he was asked to do, he's supposed to go down on this road from Jerusalem to Gaza to this kind of deserted place. It'd be kind of like if I said to you, okay, guys, I don't know what you got planned for the rest of the day, but that's over now. God's got something for you to do. I want you to go hang out in a cornfield on I-55 between here and Springfield. Okay? I mean, it's kind of what it was he was being asked to do. I imagine he was going, why would I go there? But, but he doesn't ask. He just says, okay, God, that's what you want me to do. I'm going to go do it. And so he does. The story goes on then in the rest of verse 27. It says, on the road, he saw a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch. He was an important officer in the service of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He was responsible for taking care of all her money. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, again, a couple of really kind of important things about this. First of all, notice that this guy was a very important official in Ethiopia. He was like the treasurer uh, for the queen of Ethiopia. Now, Ethiopia was down in the Horn of Africa, so maybe a week's journey um, away from Jerusalem. And apparently, this god had kind of uh, abandoned the gods that he had grown up with there in Ethiopia, and now he's worshiping the true god, the god of the Jews, the god of Jesus, and he's gone to Jerusalem for that purpose. That's a pretty substantial uh, trip that he was on here. And, uh, and so he's been there in Jerusalem, but now he's heading back towards Ethiopia, and he's heading back on that road. And uh, it says, now as he was on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, and he was reading from the book of Isaiah the prophet. Let me stop there again and give you a little more background. Now, first of all, uh, remember, I encouraged you before, if you wanted to have your Bible or your cell phone out, to go ahead and do that, to follow the story. They couldn't have done that in those days. They didn't have cell phones, okay? But, uh, but they didn't have Bibles. They didn't have books. In fact, only the most wealthy and influential people would have a copy of, uh, of the Scriptures. And, and he's got a, it says the book of Isaiah it was probably a scroll that he had. And uh, and he may have had one of the only one of a hundred or so scrolls of the book of Isaiah that existed in the whole world. Pretty important. And so so he's he's reading from the book of Isaiah. He's got somebody driving the chariot for him. Of course, he's got servants. He's an important guy. So so he's sitting in the back of the chariot. Guy's up front driving. He's going along the road. He's reading. And then I think if you, if you realize what's happening in this next little part, I think it may be the funniest image in all of Scripture, okay? Here's, here's why I say that, because it says, then the Spirit said to Philip, and again, we don't know exactly what that looked like. Did he hear a voice? Did he get a little nudging? Did he have a thought come in his head and think, oh, that's from God, I should follow it? But, but, but he responds, the Spirit says, go to that chariot and stay near it. So when Philip ran toward the chariot, he heard the man reading from Isaiah the prophet. So picture this now. Guy's in the chariot. He's looking down, reading the scroll. All of a sudden, he looks up, and here's Philip. <laughs> kind of jogging alongside of the chariot. It's crazy. I mean, you imagine Philip. He's like, okay, I'm supposed to go do what now, exactly? All right." He's jogging alongside this chariot, and the guy looks up, and, uh, and Philip goes, Dude you understand what you're reading? guy's like, no, I don't really. He goes, I I don't understand what I'm reading. Unless somebody explains it to me, I I don't understand it. And he invites Philip to climb in the chariot with him. Now, it doesn't say it, but I hope they stop the chariot first. (laughs) But maybe not. Maybe Philip's just like grabbing on, trying to climb in while it's going down the road. I don't really know. But it's kind of this amazing scene, isn't it? And, uh, and so now we've seen a couple of instances in this story of God's Spirit talking to Philip and Philip being guided by God's Spirit. But now in this next part, we're going to actually see God's Spirit speaking to this Ethiopian man, this, this important treasurer. And, uh, and, and in fact, there's three ways, I would argue, in this next section that the Spirit speaks to this guy. And let's see if you can figure him out, okay? So what are the three ways? It says, Philip began to speak, and starting with the same scripture, he told the man the good news about Jesus. He, he helped the man come to know that, that Jesus loved him and that Jesus gave his life for him, just like he did for you and for me. That uh, that, that Jesus was God that came into this universe, and, and he used the scriptures from Isaiah to help him know and understand this incredible message. And while they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. And the officer said, look, here's water. What's stopping me from being baptized? And then the officer commanded the chariot to stop. Both Philip and the officer went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Okay, so three different ways God's Spirit spoke to the Ethiopian. Did you see him? Uh, what are they? Somebody shout him out. What's, what's one way he spoke to the Ethiopian? Through the scroll, through God's word, through the scriptures, right? He's got the Bible open in front of him, and God is speaking to him from his word. We are taught that God's word is active and living. It's not like every other book. When we read God's word, God speaks to us through that word, and that happens for the Ethiopian. What's another way? There's two more. Baptism, right? We're told that in the waters of baptism, God is working. God is speaking to us. God is pouring out his Holy Spirit into our lives. And so when this man is baptized, he receives that gift of God's Spirit, just like we did. He's, he's made a part of God's family, just like we are, through the waters of his baptism. There's one more way. Through Philip, yeah. God uses Philip to speak to this guy, kind of like God's speaking through this sermon to you right now, and, and, and God does that. God will use people around us in our lives to speak God's truth into our life, to, to speak to us through others. So the story goes on, and uh, now God's going to speak to Philip again. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And again, we're not given details exactly what that looked like, exactly how that happened, But the eunuch doesn't see him anymore, and he went on his way rejoicing. He's been transformed by God's Spirit. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. I was thinking about this this week. What must it have been like for Philip? I mean, think about it. in In a relatively short period of time, maybe a few months here in Scripture, Philip's got a job, and he's doing this stuff, and the Spirit... Says to him, no, I don't want you doing it anymore. I want you on this new mission, this new task for me in the church. And Philip's like, okay. And, and so he starts that new ministry. And then, w- within literally a few weeks, God says, okay, no, no, no. I, I, now I got something else for you to do. I want you to go have this incredible encounter with this guy from Ethiopia. And so Philip goes and does that. And then he's like, okay, we're done with that now. Now I got some towns for you to go preach in. And and every every day, Philip's got to get up going. Well, I wonder what God's got in mind today. And each day, he's just guided by God's Spirit. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know exactly what the plan is, but he doesn't care because he loves and he trusts God to guide and direct him. What an incredibly adventurous way to live. Now, back to that question I asked you at the beginning. That's a cool story, but does God still speak to people like that today, like we saw him speak to and guide and direct Philip? Does God still speak to people today? And the answer to that, of course, is yes. First of all, God does speak to us through his word. Every time we open up the Bible, God is going to speak to us. That's the promise he has made. We know it's going to happen. So whether it's you open the Bible in the morning for your daily devotions or or whether you come to church and open up your Bible here or or whether you're in a small group, any time you open up that Bible, you can count on the fact that God is going to speak to you through his word. Sometimes it's pretty dramatic how he does that. Um, we experienced that as a church not that long ago. Um, for, for about the last year, we've been working on this new strategic plan that we passed this past June. And uh, the theme verse that God gave us for this, this five-year strategic plan was this verse from Ephesians 3.20. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Our church leaders believe that that verse was the verse that God gave us to guide and direct us as a church over these next five years as we seek to do more of what he has taught us to do for him. But now here's the really cool thing. We, we introduced that to the congregation, to the whole church family back in the spring, and then at our June congregation meeting, we, we passed it. We said, yeah, that's, we believe that is where God has leading us as a church. And then in July, we did that series called Apps for Life. You guys remember that? I, I hope so. We work really hard on these series, folks, all right? But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, we did this series called Apps for Life. And remember, the last app we looked at was the Bible app. And, and, and we challenged you on, on one Sunday, the end of July, we said, how about this? Let's all of us get that app in our phone, and let's all of us turn on the verse of the day that that app provides. And then we're all gonna get the same verse of the day as a church family and we'll all be hearing the same thing from God every day. Won't that be cool? And, and that was a Sunday when we, we encouraged you to do that. So Monday morning I get up and I, and I for, get my coffee and I sit down at the kitchen table in my pajamas, you know, and I'm like, all right, let's see what the verse of the day is that we're gonna all hear from God today. And I turned it on and guess what verse it was? It was Ephesians 3, 20, the exact same verse. I got chills. And then I started laughing. And then I started getting texts from people. How did you convince the Life Church people to use our verse for our thinking? We didn't. God did, right? God speaks to us through his word. And, and uh, I can't tell you how many times that's happened where I've opened up the Bible or I've looked at my verse of the day or, uh, or I've had somebody share a Bible verse with me and it was exactly what God knew I needed to hear that day. God speaks through his word. You know, the Bible also teaches us that God speaks through the circumstances in our life. A few chapters after this story in Acts, Paul is speaking to a group of people and he says, "He says, in him, in God, we live and move and have our being. See, God is working in the day-to-day circumstances of your life and he's using those circumstances to communicate with you. I, I always put it this way. If somebody comes to me and they say, they say, Mark, I, I think God's, lead me to do this, oh, uh, you know, there's a path I think God's leading me down, like a, to a new career or, or maybe a person in my neighborhood that I'm trying to reach uh, with the gospel or, or whatever that is. And they say, how do I know if that's the path? How do I know if that's really from God? This is what I tell them. I say, well, start to walk down that path. And if that path is from God, you'll see him throwing doors wide open for you. You'll see him doing things to, to prepare that path for you that, that wouldn't make sense any other way. Then you'll know for sure God is guiding you down that path. <laughs> I said, but, but, but if you feel doors slamming in your face, then maybe that's God telling you that that's not the path. Now, you have to be careful because maybe it could be Satan putting up a roadblock too, and, we, and so we have to make sure we're thinking that through. But God works through the circumstances of our lives to help us understand his plan. I mean, if Philip had got up that day and said, I think I'm supposed to head down to Gaza, and then his chariot had a flat tire, well, maybe then that was God saying, no, you didn't hear me quite right or something. You know. But I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait a minute, Mark, that's not exactly the question you asked. The question you asked wasn't, does God speak through his word? I know he does that. The question you asked wasn't, does God speak through our circumstances in life? I know God does that. The question you asked is, does God literally speak to people? Can I expect that God's spirit is going to speak to me? Like he did to Philip in that story. Well, here's the thing, folks. All throughout the Bible, God is constantly talking to people. God's hand is appearing and writing on the wall, or, or there's a still small whisper guiding the prophet, or there's Philip being told by the angel to go what to do, or angel appearing to Joseph in a dream. All throughout Scripture, God is speaking to people. And you may go, well, they were special people that God spoke to. No way. The people in the Bible aren't special people that God treated differently than you and me. The people in the Bible are normal people just like you and me that God used for his plan. See, the fact is, God does still speak to people today. In fact, Jesus promised it. He said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he said, the helper will teach you everything and will cause you to remember all that I told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name Jesus promised the gift of his spirit in our lives to guide and direct us to speak to us. Now, now, folks, that looks different for different people. I know some people that, that tell me that they've actually audibly heard the voice of God. I've never heard the, the audible voice of God in my life. There are other people that tell me that they've had these nudges or they just kind of like they're sitting talking to somebody and all of a sudden they feel like oh, I'm supposed to pray for this person and they believe those things are from God and that's more how I've experienced God's spirit leading in my life. But here's the important thing. First of all, God speaks to different people in different ways and we should never judge one another. We should never say because God speaks to this way, he has to speak to you that way too. Or, or we should never say because God speaks to you and, and more than he speaks to me, then you're somehow more important than me, or, or any of that. God, God's going to work in our lives the way it's best for each one of us. But here's the thing, folks. We should never, ever deny the fact that God does speak to people. And again, maybe it's that, that whisper in your ear that makes you know you're supposed to do something, or it's that thought that you know didn't come from you that came from somewhere else, and, and, and you're going, wow, I bet that was from God. But God does guide and direct our lives every day if we will just listen. Now, we have to be a little careful. Because as we learned in our last series on spiritual warfare, Satan whispers too. And in fact, Satan disguises himself. He he tries to make his voice sound like God's voice in your life. 2 Corinthians 11 says even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so how do we know when we're hearing from God or whether whether it's Satan whispering in our ear. Folks, again, that's why it's so important that you've got other Christians around you to help you with that. Again, the Bible is is very clear that the role other members of the church family play in our lives is to help us know with certainty what voice we're hearing from God and what God is telling us. And I know you probably get sick and tired of of us urging you to be in a small group, but that's why it's so important so you've got other Christians around you that can open up God's word with you and say, well, wait a minute, you said God said this to you, but God would never say that to you because that's different than what's in his word. Because you see, God will never tell us something that contradicts his, his word in our lives. Or, or we need other Christians who know us to say, are you sure that that's God? Because th- that sounds an awful like that, that might be Mark and wanting it to be from God. We need Christians in our lives to help us to process what we believe God is telling us. And sometimes they're going to say, you know what, based on what I read in God's word and based on what I know about you in your life and based on what I'm hearing from God, I think that is from God. I think you need to take that step. I think you need to head down that path. I think God is guiding and directing you. That's what what our brothers and sisters in Christ are for in our lives. So one last commercial. If you are not in a This Is Us small group yet, it is not too late. You can go to our church website today. There's that green sign-up button. Press it, and you can get connected in a group this weekend. We would love to have you be part of a family of believers that is, among other things, going to help you know what God is saying in your life. But now, before I end the message, I have two last questions for you, and they're hard questions, but they're questions I want to challenge you to wrestle through this week. The first question is this. Do you, make God, do you make plans and then ask God to bless those plans? In, in other words, do you sit down and say, well, this is what I want to do with my life, or this is the college I want to go to, or this is the career I want to pursue, or uh, this is a relationship that I want to be in, or, or, or this is a, something I want to do, and then you go to God and say, hey, God, I got this plan. Will you please bless it? Will you please make it work out in my life? Or do you start with God? Do you go to him and say, God, what do you want me to do? What's your plan for my life? What career uh, have you gifted me for, and do you want me to pursue? Um, What what have you got planned for me this week, or or this month, or this year? It's a whole different starting point, isn't it? And you know, we have a God that loves us so much that when we go to him with our plans, he still blesses them. He, He still works in our life. But it's so much better to start with him and just say, God, what's your plan for me? What do you want me to do? How can I live in response to your love and grace in my life? Just kind of like Philip did. I just love in that story how open Philip was to whatever the Spirit wanted him to do. So, So that's the first question. Do you have the guts to let God's plan Be the starting point in your life and here's here's the second question i have do you also have the guts to pray a very dangerous prayer every morning here's the prayer what would it be like if you got up every morning and you said god i want you to direct my day today i want you to tell me where to go and what to do and how to live and who to talk to and what to say and who to pray for I've got a plan, I've got some stuff in my calendar, but none of that matters if it's not from you. So God, today, speak to me, guide me, and direct me. Now that's a pretty dangerous prayer, isn't it? Because who knows what God's got planned? And who knows how different that might be from your comfort zone or or what you want to do. But what an amazing prayer to pray. What if each one of us every day we're simply listening to God. And like Philip, going where we were told to go and doing what he told us to do. What an amazing thing that would be. How about this? Let's pray that prayer right now together. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? Lord, first of all, as we come before you today, uh, Lord, I want to admit, and I know I'm not the only person in the room that needs to admit this, that all too often I make my own plans and then I ask you to bless them. That... that, that I head down a path that I want to head down and ask you to open the doors for me down that path. Or maybe, Lord, um, all too often I'm deaf to what you're trying to say to me. I'm so focused on my own needs and my own wants and my own life that I'm not listening to your spirit. So, Lord, forgive me. Forgive us for, for those times when we've been deaf to your voice or when we have pursued our own path instead of listening to you. And today, Lord, speak to us. Guide and direct our day. Give us those little nudges when we're with someone that we should ask, Can I pray for you about that? Give us those opportunities. Put us in those places where we can share the good news with others around us, where we can be your hands and feet, where we can care for others and serve others in a way that you've called us to serve. Lord, help us live the adventure that it is to follow you.